Bravely Being, a podcast for sisterly conversation where we unpack life shit, stress, loss, emotional turmoil. We've all been there and it's normal. We believe it's time to bring these issues into the light, delve inward and move forward. So we welcome everyone on our journey and hope our conversations resonate with you as we lean in, listen and learn from each other. This is Bravely Being with Danica and Megan. Welcome to episode five, our Asheville road trip story time episode. <laughs> we all love stories, so we're excited to share about this really awesome road trip that we went on. I, I kind of look back at this road trip and think Megan and Danica origin story of friendship, because prior to this point, Danica and I were sorority sisters, and like we hung out a little bit in college. And then both of us ended up staying in Lakeland, Florida. We were trying to make it through the career world and both in our first jobs. And we were hanging out and talking about, you know, just driving north for (laughs) this um, road trip. And it just ended up being, I don't know, it was one of my favorite road trips that I've ever been on. Or at least it was like my first like freeing road trip where we got to make all the decisions. So um, I look back yeah. on this trip and smile and think like, oh, it was Danica and Megan origin story. So yeah, it's definitely one of those formative trips that you go on and you're just like, you don't really have a destination. You We literally just said, let's drive north, which from Florida is... most places (laughs) yeah so we're gonna go into our little story time is it real is it folklore you can decide it's real (laughs) definitely oh now i'm thinking of taylor swift's folklore album that that could be a whole episode in and of itself this is us singing taylor swift's folklore album to you oh no (laughs) (laughs) um yes but i agree It was a really great road trip, um, and I got to know Megan a lot more. I mean, really, it's like when you go on a road trip, you really get to know someone, and you can be, like, the best of friends in real life outside of a road trip or any kind of traveling, I guess. But once you travel with someone, it's the real test of a friendship, I Mm -hmm. think. It's like the real barometer grade, (laughs) you know? Um, So we passed... I think for each yeah, other. <laughs> we, we definitely passed. And like, you know, it's interesting too, because I feel like both of our personality types, like I'm more of a type A, like have to have a plan. And Danica's probably more of a type B, laid back, B baby, go with the wind. <laughs> and so it could have ended up one of two ways, you know, and I'm glad it went the more positive way because I felt like Danica's personality really kind of helped me free up and go with the flow and just kind of take chances on this trip that maybe I wouldn't have otherwise so yeah I've definitely had kind of not as great um road trip partners like for Mm -hmm. example one time when I was driving to Atlanta for a conference another person who's a mutual friend who was also in our sorority she decided she was done with me and she almost left me at um Stone Mountain National Park she almost left me there and decided to go back to Lakeland, which was like eight hours away. And she was pulling away from the parking lot and I was like waving my hands and I was like, hey, and it was a really awkward drive back to Lakeland. But yeah, we didn't explode. Yeah, and we did not explode at all. And man, I I remember you telling me that story for the first time and just being so astonished that someone would just like up and leave you in another state. 
What? Who does that? She's done with my type B shenanigans. I suppose. (laughs) But man, I don't think I would ever leave anyone in another state. But I don't know. Different morals, I suppose. This was the first road trip where we kind of went where the wind took us. And I remember our first like spontaneous stop, Tallulah Falls. And mm-hmm. um, I remember like driving and being like, oh, that that looks cool. Like waterfalls. Yeah, I don't have that in Florida. Maybe like we should definitely try to see a waterfall. And Dan could just being like, you want to stop? And I was like, yeah, yeah, actually I do. And we <laughs> pulled off and just had this nice little mini hike because we didn't really have a plan. That was kind of a hard hike. It that was. was like a very steep downhill hike and then back uphill to and from the gorge and waterfalls. But yeah, that was a good kind of like mood setter. Yeah. yeah it's a good starting point for the trip, which I really encourage everyone to go on a road trip or go on some sort of trip, especially now after being fully vaccinated. Definitely um, the world is opening up. But yeah, on the same page of kind of spontaneous stops, we also stopped at a cat museum which was also outside of North Carolina. Most of our stops that we went to were in North Carolina and we kind of drove through Georgia. But while we were in Georgia, we we saw, of course, so many peaches, so many peach farmers because Georgia has lots of peaches. And there was one sign we passed on like a rural um, back road and it said Petches. Did, did that just say Petches? Like, there's no A. It was just P-E-C-H-E-S. Like, just Petches. And then we continued to see, like, several other ones that were just like, Petches here, Petches here. And we're like, oh, no, the people of Georgia cannot spell the word Peaches. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> so it became an inside joke that we're sharing with you. <laughs> yes, Petches. Petches. And so the funny thing was that I think when we first set off on the road trip, I remember we stayed with my aunt in Atlanta mm-hmm. and that was kind of our first leg north. And then we were going to drive from there. And I don't even think we had, did we even book an Airbnb beforehand? I think we were just driving. We had an idea. Well, no, we kind of had an idea. Another friend from our sorority, she recommended that we, or she had gone to this farm and I had seen it on the gram. And so I was excited. I was like, we should stay at this place. It looks really cool. So then we looked it up and we went there, but it was kind of this Airbnb listing for a farm that was very much out there. It was very rural with not much. And we ended up staying in a tiny little cabin (laughs) that was very sparse. So Snaggy Mountain, I think when Danica went to go find the Airbnb listing, was looking through and they were like booked up. And so Mm -hmm. Danica, being the, you know, bold person that she has messaged the host and was all like, hey, do you have like anything? And this guy, what, Jared? Is that his name? Jared. Um, Jared was like, yeah, I have this cabin that I'm in the process of building. You could stay there for 20 bucks. And like, it was very like under the table, like a little weird, but we were like, you know, <laughs> screw it. We're going to be doing this for like a night. So this will be fine. It was a really cool cabin, but it definitely was not finished. And it was um, November in Asheville area. And so, you know, it's kind of cold. And so that that's a whole story in and of itself. Yeah, just a little cold. But um, I remember we got groceries. We brought them back. We were both like, oh, my gosh, we're going to have mimosas in the morning. We're going to wake up in nature. It's going to be so beautiful. And this cabin, like, 
we said it was very sparse, not a lot in it. It was on these stilts on the side of a hill. So we had to climb the hill first and that was hard enough. <laughs> like, Yeah. At night, we were like stumbling around trying to figure out where this cabin was and where the road was and carrying all our crap up. Um, and it was raining too. Like yeah, it was, it was yeah. miserable and it was cold. And then we get there and the wind is howling and we had to like lock all the windows down and they kept flying open. They flew open throughout the night. Um, the bunk bed, or it was kind of like a, a, a lofted loft, bed, yeah. but it was just a ladder that you had to get on, like a utilitarian ladder, just regular construction ladder. And we had to go up it and then sleep there. So we were trying to warm the cabin because there was nothing to warm it. There was a fireplace, but the windows were not secure. So it kept on blowing the wind in and then um, the fire, of course, would extinguish. And so we were just kind of left in this really cold cabin. And throughout the night, I like could not sleep at all. The whole cabin was shaking back and forth. The wind was howling through. I was like, this is how we die. This is how we get murdered yeah. <laughs> or, you know, it's just or freeze to death. But then we woke up in the morning after a terrible night slash not sleeping. Um, and we saw snow. <laughs> yeah, it was very magical because, you know, the way I remember that night is that like what we went to Asheville and mm -hmm. we got drinks with a friend from college and um Danica was like I'll drive back and I think on the drive back I like fell asleep and so like I remember like being really really tired and Danica was also really tired it was late at night and I remember climbing that hill and being like oh my god this is gonna be hell and there was like no power in this cabin right um mm -hmm. and Danica was like super done because she had to drive home in this like rain slushy nastiness and <laughs> what I remember is Danica climbing up to bed and just going to bed <laughs> and I'm like trying to like start this like furnace like so that there's some warmth and at one point I was just like screw it I'm just gonna get in bed I like kept all of my clothes on I think I slept in my jeans and my jacket and like the same thing like the wind howling and like the whole entire cabin moving underneath us and already being up in a high spot it was like well yep this is the end um mm -hmm. and, but the next morning was so magical because I that was the first time I saw snowfall was ever um, yeah ever and the cabin had these gorgeous tall windows like there are windows all around and so we were looking and I was like oh my god is that it I don't know haven't seen it before Florida girl that made the horrible horrible night all worth it <laughs> snow yeah it was pretty magical and then we had our mimosas they were really cold because uh, we were freezing it was literally freezing <laughs> hence the snow um and then our good friend jared came over and he's like yo what's up and we were like you want some mimosa and he showed us his greenhouse which he had this amazing beautiful greenhouse it was like a jungle in there and i was just like wow you are inspiration kind of formative for me wanting i mean i wanted to go to peace corps bef way before this but it was definitely like this is kind of the life you are living the life i want to live um, out here in the middle of nowhere, you having a ton of Airbnbs and a farm and farm animals and stuff. And then he was like, want to see me juggle? And we were like, all right. And he just gets out some uh, bowling pins and starts juggling for us and juggles various objects. And I was like, 
swoon. <laughs> you know, for me, I actually don't really remember the juggling. That was not a formidable part of this experience for oh, me. <laughs> I knew because I was like, that's hot. <laughs> she was very interested in Jared. So if he listens to this, you know, um, Danica's single. Um, <laughs> I remember he was like, he was a musician, right? And so... Mm-hmm. I, I thought that was intriguing. And he invited us to see a setup in his cabin. And I was kind of like, all right, my dude, like, let's see what you got. And his cabin was like super cool. Another space that he created himself. And he just had this beautiful view of the mountains and like a keyboard set up right in front of it. And I was like, wow, these are goals, you know, to be making mm-hmm. music among nature and to ha- walk outside and have your own greenhouse. And like, he, he really, knew how to live jared good on him hope he finished the cabin that we stayed in because that was a really cool space yeah i hope he did or just don't rent out a place without electricity when it's gonna snow yeah but it was a fun experience i would i honestly even though the cabin was very terrifying that night i would definitely stay in it again (laughs) so on this trip our goal was to do the blue ridge parkway Mm-hmm. Um, which I had never done before. And Danica was like, you have to go. And um, I'd never like done a road trip like this before. And so I remember driving the Blue Ridge Parkway and then like our spirited attitude of like, stop wherever you want to was just so much fun and very freeing for me as that like type A person during their first year of teaching, you know, feeling kind of burnt out and, you know, having real life hit you in the face, like just having this freedom of stopping and looking wherever you wanted to look and exploring wherever you want to explore. Um, It was very healing. It was a healing road trip for me and I had a lot of fun. Yeah. And I remember we played Rising Appalachia throughout mm-hmm. the whole time and just blasted it. We were like sitting on top of your car and looking out and it got pretty foggy. Oh, if yes. I remember correctly. But I think that's pretty normal. But it was amazing and beautiful. And um, I've gone there several times, but definitely do recommend the Blue Ridge Parkway. And I agree. I think it was like we were at this time in our lives that both of us had started kind of our professional careers and we were transitioning from going from college to that and it's extremely different so I think it was nice for both of us to have a little bit of a a break a little um a vacation from that and from just life I guess and from any kind of expectation so just deciding to drive north like I just did another road trip where I was just like I'm driving west and that's what I called it my west road trip (laughs) and I didn't really have plans so for me I think that's a really nice way to go but of course it can also be stressful especially when you don't know where where, where you're staying for the night but we figured that out pretty quickly and yeah it was super fun and Asheville was amazing it was beautiful I remember going in and out of all these arts stores and seeing all this inspiring art and then we looked up and I I remember seeing all these ginkgo trees which I think was the first time that we had talked about ginkgo or seen ginkgo together Mm -hmm. and I pointed it out to Megan I was like look at that that's a ginkgo yeah I remember her pointing it out because I thought the leaves were so unique and she was like oh yeah it's the ginkgo tree it's like one of the most resilient trees and I just like I don't know why that stuck in my brain because at that point in my life I was not really 
too much of an outdoorsy person. I didn't really have much of a knowledge of plants. And Danica's like, this is that, this is that. And I don't know why, but the ginkgo leaf and tree kind of like stuck with me after that trip. I remember thinking like most resilient tree. I've not really heard of trees being described in such a way. And um, here we are now doing a podcast and the ginkgos are you know, symbol. And it did originate from this road trip, at least for me, it did. Mm -hmm. And I remembered it ever since. And every single time I've seen ginkgos, like when I was doing an internship in DC, um, the summer I fell in love with Michael, I remember (laughs) walking around and seeing ginkgo leaves and, you know, messaging Danica while she was in Nepal and being like, I saw the ginkgos and it reminded me of you. And Danica's like, can you send me some ginkgo seeds? And I was like, I'm probably not going to do that. I never did that. But (laughs) that's fine. They take forever to germinate and forever to to sprout and become full trees. I mean, they would not probably survive anyway. But yeah, yeah. I mean, they're resilient nonetheless. And it's been interesting, too, because um, now that I'm kind of branching out, now that I'm fully vaxxed and some of our um, restrictions are being lifted here in Maryland, um, I was in Baltimore today and I saw like probably the second largest ginkgo tree that I've ever seen. I I knew I texted Danica the first time. I was like, look at this large ginkgo tree, like huge. Um, And I saw another one today in Patterson Park in downtown. And so it's kind of fun to, you know play spot that ginkgo tree and like (laughs) it always reminds me of this road trip and how freeing it felt because kind of to reiterate what Danica said like this was a hard year you know we were leaving the structure of school and kind of finding ourselves and deciding what we wanted and didn't want in our first jobs and this road trip for me was really renewing kind of like sparked that creative interest and that curiosity Mm -hmm. into new things and just kind of gave me the freedom to say like I'm going to follow what I want to do what my heart wants and Mm -hmm. um, I think prior to that time I didn't necessarily follow my urges to like stop and see what something was if it wasn't a part of the plan so I think that's the biggest lesson this road trip taught me you know stop and smell the roses or look at the ginkgo trees or see the mountain you know just do it (laughs) smell the ginkgo leaf I think definitely for me too it was a reminder to slow down and enjoy because there's so many things that we pass and we see on a day-to-day basis that we don't really um, kind of appreciate. So it's nice to get out of our daily rhythm and our daily place of where we were, which not to knock Lakeland, it's a great place, but there's not a whole lot of things to do, especially outdoors and hiking wise. Um, so it was nice to get into a state that had mountains. That was a huge thing for me was just mm-hmm. being in the mountains kind of brings out another part of me or another side of me another mentality where I'm I feel like a little bit different I don't know or just a little bit more inspired it makes me feel smaller and kind of puts things in perspective that whatever big challenge you're facing or intimidated by which at that point in time you know again the first career is having your first classroom being in your first job sometimes it's good to be reminded of that Mm -hmm. and to realize that you can like let go and follow your creative interests in Asheville (laughs) sponsored by the city of Asheville yeah if only (laughs) (laughs) that would be cool and I mean even later on we went back to Asheville just this past summer when I was driving up to Cape Cod with Danica again another trip where we went north and didn't really have a plan but Asheville is such a great city to go and explore (laughs) 
Yeah. And this other time, the second time that we went to Asheville, we also didn't have an Airbnb or a place to stay, but it was getting kind of later in the day and we still didn't have a place. And we ended up camping and it was so loud. Like these people had two dogs dogs that would not stop barking. (laughs) Yeah. Asheville, I guess, isn't a good place for us to sleep, but (laughs) (laughs) otherwise, oh my gosh. And we made that really good corn. We got some corn and we put it on a campfire and I did it kind of Nepali style and uh, which is just put it on the embers. (laughs) and. Yeah, and hope for the best. I literally had no utensils. I was like, um, am I going to use my hands? But a kind man man let me yes. use his, his tongs. But that was also another great adventure. But I think when we went to Asheville, I had already been in that area, but mostly it was hiking. I section hiked part of the Appalachian Trail with my mom. So my first introduction to the Blue Ridge Parkway and the Smoky Mountains and that kind of region Dolly Parton's region of the world (laughs) is uh, with my mom and that section hike that we did. And it was kind of, that was also kind of life-changing. And going back to Asheville, I kind of had this sense or feeling of, of having my mom there. I mean, my mom's still here with me in this house, but it was nice to kind of reflect on those memories. And again, another time that we were very spontaneous and And another thing that I love, like whether it's hiking or um, backpacking, trekking, or on a road trip, having everything that you need with you and just having it go from place to place and not have a kind of home base. I kind of enjoy that. You know, I like that feeling and I guess I'm sort of nomadic in that way. But yeah, that was kind of the feeling that I had on this trip was just like, I'm just going to go and we have our stuff. We went to treat, we had a Trader Joe's run and we're fine, you know, continuing and we've got everything we need feeling that satisfaction of I have everything I need right now and I don't (laughs) need anything else is kind of great. And I think that you kind of lose that the more sedentary you become. So, yeah. So then I guess some takeaways from this road trip what would be one thing Danica that you feel like you forget on a road trip or that some people don't think about when they're traveling that you should definitely pack if you're going to do a spontaneous road trip like this oh like a physical item yeah like what should people like if they're going to try to do what we did and drive north what are some (laughs) suggestions for them okay well the first thing that came to mind is not really relevant but if you're traveling with a dog Make sure that you have hydrogen peroxide because if they eat a big platter of chocolate brownies or chocolate cake or something chocolate, you're going to have to make them throw up, (laughs) which happened on my last road trip. But that's not really relevant. But if you have a dog, I guess it's something to keep in mind because if I didn't have hydrogen peroxide with me at one point, Dolly probably would not have survived because she ate a whole, like I said, ate a whole platter of, of German chocolate cake while we were setting up a tent. And it was very scary. But I'd say if you're traveling north, I'd say, especially from the Florida mindset, also very subjective based on where we're from. I think both of us were very naive when it came to weather and what we were going to wear and bring. And this is also something that I encountered on my most recent road trip of just like, wow, I mean, it might snow once or twice. And I don't think either of us even considered the idea that it would snow in November. So neither of us were very prepared when it came to, you know, sleeping bag layers. I think it's always important to have 
the inside additional layer for your sleeping bag. So I think that would be a number one thing just in case, you know, even if you're in Florida, you know, it's always good to have a little bit of an extra layer. Yeah. And she, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like, I don't think I was prepared for the elements as well as I could have been. So some things that I probably would have packed better were like thicker socks and probably like a windbreaker for rain. I think I wasn't ready for like the slushy, like snowy rain weather the most, you know, and I wish I brought a windbreaker that I could have thrown on over whatever I was yeah. wearing to protect from the elements. Yeah, it's so easy to kind of project your experience of weather on a lot of the rest of the U.S. and not mm -hmm. really understand what other parts of the U.S. are like when it comes to day-to-day -day weather and when it comes to seasons and months and stuff. So it's good to just be prepared. Yeah. And to interject here, like, this is a mistake that I did recently as a new Marylander. Marylander. Uh, or Marylander, I guess. Marylander is that there are on and off seasons in the north, y'all. Like, we do not have that in Florida. We are on all year long. And recently, Amber, my very, very best friend from high school, shout out to her. Love you. Um, she came to visit me for spring break. And everyone here is like, Ocean City is like the beach place to go. And it's spring break. And I'm thinking the Florida mindset, people are going to go to the beach, right? Wrong. Ocean City has an off season, y'all. So we went there from a Sunday to a Tuesday. And after the weekend, man, everything was closed. And, um, <laughs> you know, the, the trip was still nice and we still really enjoyed our restful time there. But yeah, the North definitely functions a little bit differently from the South. So um, definitely look up and see when the on and off seasons are and if that's going to affect your road trip as well as weather and being prepared for warm and hot. Uh, weather changing weather too because like in the mountains I wasn't expecting all that fog that we had um, we literally couldn't see I don't know like you know more than 10 feet in front of the car probably even less and that was kind of scary too that was my first time driving in the mountains as an adult and so that was yeah. a little intimidating as well yeah and I mean this advice might seem pretty simple and obvious but coming from Florida where everything is very much the same and every I don't know, I'd say most of the places from the north, from Jacksonville to, to Miami, I'd say that the weather is pretty much very similar. It might snow a little bit in North Florida, but not really. So when you're so used to Never, this monotonous yeah. weather and lifestyle, it's very different when you go somewhere else. So I'd say that's pretty good advice, especially to Floridians. Yeah. And I think one of my biggest takeaways from this trip, too, is like, yeah, stop when you want to stop. Mm. And I know some people like to have regimented road trips. I need to be here by a certain time. But like definitely let yourself have fun on these road trips. Like stop where you want to stop. You know, if you see south of the border on your way north, you know, and you want to stop, stop, you know. Build yeah. in that time so you can really explore and kind of like feed your inner curiosity and your inner child. Yeah, and definitely go on the big sombrero water tank tower at south of the border because it's pretty fun. I've never done that. That sounds It's just a big water tower that you can go up on this elevator. There's like a very sad teenager that sits in there and works the elevator every day and lets people <laughs> up and down the sombrero. And I mean, the view is not amazing, but it's kind of a fun little excursion. I like to take pictures. Yeah, I like to take Do pictures on like the dinosaurs <laughs> and zoo animals that they have there and they also have some pretty good jerky 
and a fake shark. We're also sponsored by South of the Border. Just kidding, we're not at all. But yeah, I think definitely um, planning for those little side trips. And for example, on this road trip out west, I didn't really do that as much. There were definitely days that I did, but I tried to squeeze in as much as possible into each day, and it was kind of frustrating sometimes. I wish I had had more time, but had to get back to Florida because of life. So now I'm here in Florida. Woohoo! Best road trip snack. Ooh. What's your favorite? I like a big block of cheddar. <laughs> <laughs> I like extra sharp cheddar. That. And I will either eat it, just the block, like nom, 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 or I'll cut it and then eat it. But I definitely like cheese. I don't know, various types of cheese, but definitely a cheddar block. I think that's something we always had. And also hummus with chips or hummus with uh, vegetables, carrots. For me, it's popcorn. I love me some good popcorn. Chex Mix or a trail mix. Mm -hmm. That good PB&J on the road is always good, too. And then passenger makes you the food while you drive. (laughs) You know, works out nicely. On this past trip, Patrick, our other friend, who was my other road trip partner on this West trip, he... Bad Pat. Bad Pat came out. Came out hard in New Orleans. Uh, But he was shelling pistachios for me and then popping them into my mouth. So that's a true road trip partner. One who will feed you and nourish you while you drive. Yes. (laughs) Also, another tip, if you have to pee, you know, you've got to pee. Don't try to hold it. Don't try to prove yourself. Don't try to be a hero when it comes to peeing. You just got to go. You know, I don't know why this triggered this memory within me. So I had this teacher when I was a freshman in high school, and this was also during swine flu, right? Last little epidemic outbreak, closest thing to COVID. And my English teacher, Miss Fields, got um, swine flu and was in a coma for half a year. So I didn't see her for the first like semester because she was like basically dead. We thought she was going to die. And then she recovered and came back and started teaching like the biggest badass that I've ever heard. If there ever was one, you know, like just came back. And I remember her sharing this story with us. She's like, guys, when you get into the car, like, and you have to pee, like, go pee beforehand. Because I have a student who um, got in a car accident, okay? And she, I guess, had a full bladder. And when the car accident, like, yeah. when the impact happened, I guess something happened with her bladder and her bladder <gasps> burst in that sanitary, I don't know what the word is, the sanitary cavity of your body. And so her bladder exploded uh, uh. and she died of an infection. Because her bladder, like, some some kind oh of impact. And so she was like, if I ever taught you anything, make sure you pee when you're driving. And, like, I don't know why that stuck with me. It has. And so <laughs> when I have to pee, I'm like, we just need to stop. Um, it's life or death, you know? <laughs> That's hilarious. That, don't die. Don't explode. Pee. Just go pee. And don't mm-hmm. let anyone tell you any different. Now I have a real reason yeah. to say that I have to pee. I mean, when I have to pee, obviously I have to pee. But I get some pushback sometimes Mm-mm. from some people in my family. Throwing some shade. And <laughs> I know. Yep. Got to tell them that story. I think it's time for us to go into happies Ooh. and sappies. Woo! Megan, you want to go first? Yeah, sure. Happy is that I spent this morning slash afternoon walking around Patterson Park in Baltimore with two friends 
that I met through a conference a couple years ago as a music ed major. And that was really exciting to like connect with people. And um, we were all fully vaxxed. So we felt comfortable like hanging out without a mask on. And honestly, this is the second time I've hung out with people that were kind of like outside my social circle since moving. And it's really nice to have a sense of normal. So that's definitely one of my happiness. Yes, yay friendship indeed. Shout out to Alexa and Shafali. Sappy is that we were outside. It was unexpectedly like sunny. It was supposed to be overcast all day and my shoulders got burnt. I was like, oh, no pale skin um so that was a little Mm -hmm. sad and I guess my other happy is that there's this really lovely trail close to my house and I found this nice lovely spot that overlooks a little creek and so you hear the water and you're far enough away from the road and the houses to be like in the forest or at least to feel a little bit removed and so I've spent a couple of hours there yesterday with Michael in the river and it was just fun to like let river off his leash let him explore explore and enjoy that new um terrain because you know we obviously didn't have spaces like that in florida to let him run around and to experience a different type of tranquility in our new home i really loved that what are your happies in a sappy that's really fun Mm -hmm. i like how a lot of your happies are nature yes and and hanging out with friends. Well, one of my happies was um, yesterday. I finally watched Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile, which is the Ted Bundy movie. Is that the one with Zac Efron? It's on. Yes, oh. it's on Netflix right now, and it was pretty good. And I kept on. <laughs> I watched it with my mom and my little sister, and I kept on pausing it and filling in little details because. It's definitely produced for people that are familiar with Ted Bundy in the case, you know, his murders and such and um, kind of his background. It doesn't show any of the murders happening, but it's kind of him going to trial and him escaping from jail and escaping from the courtroom and all these different things. And his relationship with his girlfriend, which I didn't really know that much about, which was interesting. And the girlfriend is played by Lily Collins, who's Phil Collins' daughter, who I love. I mean, I love Lily. Oh, I guess I love both of them, but Lily's cooler. (laughs) Her eyebrows are amazing. But (laughs) it was great to finally watch it. And it was fun to watch it with my family to share that murder mystery love. And my crappy... Let me think of crappy... I don't really know if I have one besides, I'm just going to say very vaguely, I guess. My family is going through some various stuff right now, so it's been kind of complicated. But my other happy is that I got into Boston College for Masters of Social Work, and I've started to look at apartments, and I found a couple possible roommates, and we've been looking at various apartments and One of the roommates made a nice spreadsheet. So I've been looking at all these different things and putting them and putting them into the spreadsheet. And we've been talking about them. And just the idea of living with people that are my age is really great (laughs) because I've been living by myself. So living with roommates, girls that are my age is really exciting, and especially in Boston, which is a city that I love and have always wanted to live in. You know, for undergrad, I actually wanted to go to Boston University, but it was too expensive. So now I have the opportunity to go to Boston College and pursue something that I'm really interested in and possibly become a therapist. And so that's really exciting for me. Yeah. Yay. Life. Exciting stuff happening. Life. (laughs) 
being free of COVID for once. Yay, the mask mandate just lifted yesterday, you know, for anyone who's vaxxed. And that's really, <laughs> it's exciting to see the future. Get vaxxed or be masked, y'all. Yeah, it is exciting. Oh my gosh. Also, another last tiny, tiny little story time. Yesterday, I went to the beach with my sister and our two dogs. So my dog, Dolly, and then our family dog, Tucker, who is like this old, old grumpy old Wheaton Terrier who does not like anything. And we went to the dog beach and we didn't know what it was like, but we started walking and it was kind of this like gross muddy water that came up to kind of our like mid calf. And we're like, what is this? This water stinks. Where's the dog beach? And it was this channel through the mangroves and we're walking through, there's people coming back. And I was like, is it worth it? And they're like, oh yeah, it's so fun. And so we get past the mangroves and it opens up and there's this beautiful giant beach full of dogs and everyone's running around. All the dogs are running around and these people are blasting music. And it was like we were in a dog club or club dog. You know, there were so many people. It was amazing. And people were like coming up on their boats and their dogs. Their dogs were jumping down in the water. It was really fun. It was super fun. And my sister stepped in poop, which is kind of funny. <laughs> oh, no. Ella, no. Um, yeah. That's very sad. That that definitely can happen it at happened. a dog beach. <laughs> yeah, that was not really related to our main story, but still a fun story. <laughs> yeah, try not to step in shit, everyone. Thanks for bravely being with Yay. us. Yay.